Hi, this is Steve Durr. Today we're going to read from Exodus chapter 29, starting in verse 1 and going to verse 37. And God's giving instructions for the priesthood who are going to serve him in the tabernacle, this tent that God has been designing for worship. And so let's hear what God has to say on how to get the priests ready. This is the ceremony you must follow when you consecrate Aaron and his sons to serve me as priests. Take a young bull and two rams with no defects, then using choice wheat flour and no yeast, make loaves of bread, thin cakes mixed with olive oil, and wafers spread with oil. Place them all in a single basket and present them at the entrance of the tabernacle along with the young bull and the two rams. Present Aaron and his sons at the entrance of the tabernacle and wash them with water. Dress Aaron in his priestly garments, the tunic, the robe worn with the ephod, the ephod itself, and the chest piece. Then wrap the decorative sash of the ephod around him. Place the turban on his head and fasten the sacred medallion to the turban. Then anoint him by pouring the anointing oil over his head. Next, present his sons and dress them in their tunics. Wrap the sashes around the waists of Aaron and his sons and put their special head coverings on them. Then the right to the priesthood will be theirs by law forever. In this way, you will ordain Aaron and his sons. Bring the young bull to the entrance of the tabernacle where Aaron and his sons will lay their hands on its head. Then slaughter the bull in the Lord's presence at the entrance of the tabernacle. Put some of its blood on the horns of the altar with your finger and pour out the rest at the base of the altar. Take all the fat around the internal organs, the long lobe of the liver and the two kidneys and the fat around them and burn it all on the altar. Then take the rest of the bull, including its hide, meat, and, and dung, and burn it outside the camp as a sin offering. Next, Aaron and his sons must lay their hands on the head of one of the rams, then slaughter the ram and splatter its blood against all sides of the altar. Cut the ram into pieces and wash off the internal organs and the legs. Set them aside, set them alongside the head and the other pieces of the body. Then burn the entire animal on the altar. This is a burnt offering to the Lord. It's a pleasing aroma, a special gift presented to the Lord. Now take the other ram and have Aaron and his sons lay their hands on its head. Then slaughter it and apply some of its blood to the right ear lobes of Aaron and his sons. Also put it on the thumbs of their right hands and the big toes of their right feet. Splatter the rest of the blood against all the sides of the altar. Then take some of the blood from the altar and some of the anointing oil and sprinkle it on Aaron and his sons and on their garments. In this way, they and their garments will be set apart as holy. Since this is the ram for the ordination of Aaron and his sons, take the fat of the ram, including the fat of the broad tail, the fat around the internal organs, the long lobe of the liver, and the two kidneys and the fat around them, along with the right thigh. Then take one round loaf of bread, one thin cake mixed with olive oil, and one wafer from the basket of bread without yeast that was placed in the Lord's presence. Put all these in the hands of Aaron and his sons to be lifted up as a special offering to the Lord. Afterward, take the various breads from their hands and burn them on the altar along with the burnt offering. It's a pleasing aroma to the Lord, a special gift for him. Then take the breast of Aaron's ordination ram and lift it up in the Lord's presence as a special offering to him. Then keep it as your own portion. Set aside the portions of the ordination ram that belonged to Aaron and his sons. This includes the breast and the thigh that were lifted up before the Lord as a special offering. In the future, whenever the people of Israel lift up a peace offering, 
portion of it must be set aside for Aaron and his descendants. This is their permanent right, and it's a sacred offering from the Israelites to the Lord. Aaron's sacred garments must be preserved for his descendants who succeed him, and they will wear them when they are anointed and ordained. The descendant who succeeds him as high priest will wear these clothes for seven days as he ministers in the tabernacle and the holy place. Take the ram used in the ordination ceremony and boil its meat in a sacred place. Then Aaron and his sons will eat this meat along with the bread in the basket and the tabernacle, at the tabernacle entrance. They alone may eat the meat and the bread used for their purification in the ordination ceremony. No one else may eat them, for these things are set apart and holy. If any of the ordination meat and bread remains until the morning, it must be burned. It may not be eaten, for it is holy. This is how you will ordain Aaron and his sons to their offices, just as I have commanded you. The ordination ceremony will go on for seven days. Each day, you must sacrifice a young bull as a sin offering to purify them, making them right with the Lord. Afterward, cleanse the altar by purifying it. Make it holy by anointing it with oil. Purify the altar and consecrate it every day for seven days. And after that, the altar will be absolutely holy, and whatever touches it will become holy. Man, I wish I would have done better in biology. That's a lot of body parts uh, from animals I had to, had to read there. So what's going on here? Moses' brother, Aaron, and his family have been called upon by God to be ordained, to become the priests that will facilitate the worship between the people of Israel and God. But as this passage points out, there's a lot of purifying work that must be done to serve in that role. And this section speaks about the process called consecration, which means to make holy. It's the process of being set apart for God's purposes. The priests were coming into contact with the divine, the holy, and they have to be prepared and made holy. If I were to design a ceremony to purify and consecrate someone for a holy work, I would probably just have them wear uh, all white and have clean spring water you know, poured over them and call it good. But God chooses a method that seems more gory. Uh, the rituals are filled with slaughtering animals and putting blood on different places and uh, pouring oil and, and making cakes and burning them and placing hands on animals, uh, which will then take the place of the sins of, of Aaron and his sons. I mean, these detailed rituals were used to prepare Aaron and the rest of the priests and make them fit for service before God. So after and here's the thing, the, the priests are called to serve. They represented the people before God, and they approached God on behalf of the people. I mean, that's their role. What I find fascinating is that God wanted the whole nation of Israel to serve as his priests, his representatives in the, in the world. Earlier, as the people of Israel stood before the mountain of God and God revealed himself to them, God wanted to convey a message to them, his desire for them. In Exodus chapter 19, verse 6, 10 chapters ago, it says this, God says this, and you will be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. I mean, that's the message God wanted to convey to his people. You will be my kingdom, a nation of priests, my holy nation. And so the, the people of Israel were to be a whole community of priests. This was God's desire. However, the people fa failed to come near to God. They said, Moses, no, no, you go and speak to God. You go and speak to God. You go to God. You be our mediator between God and us. 
And as we'll see moving forward in the story, they had some devastating failures as well. And so God kind of does something new. He forms a priesthood who will stand in the gap between him and the people. Again, a priest was to be set apart to approach God on behalf of the people and approach the people on behalf of God for God's purposes and for God's glory. Now, let's fast forward. This, you know, what does this have to do with us? Well, first of all, I do think that we have in our minds this idea that there's this special group of people who can approach God um, and get closer to God than we can, you know, whether it's a priest or a pastor or a missionary or whatever, whatever criteria we use. Often we can fall into this idea that there's this special type of person who's more holy, whose prayers are heard more clearly, whatever. Um, but, but here's the thing. Let's fast forward from this moment to the time of Jesus. And there are still priests serving God, and they, they're serving God in the temple. But something powerful happens and changes everything with Jesus. Jesus' death on the cross, his spilt blood, his victorious resurrection from the dead, now changes everything. This makes us, as followers of Jesus, right with God and consecrates us. Jesus' death and resurrection consecrates us, makes us holy and righteous in the sight of God. When God sees us, he sees the righteousness of Jesus, not our failures. Therefore, followers of Jesus now have a mission. We have a purpose. We have a calling. There's a letter to some followers of Jesus in the New Testament of the Bible called 1 Peter, and it makes a familiar but startling announcement to followers of Jesus. And this includes you if you call yourself a Christian. So listen to this and take in this identity that God's wanting to present to you if you're a follower of Jesus. It says this in 1 Peter chapter 2, 5, and then verse 9 as well. It says, And now God is building you, as followers of Jesus, as living stones into his spiritual temple. In other words, we are becoming his tabernacle. We are becoming together his temple. What's more, you are God's holy priests who offer the spiritual sacrifices that please him because of Jesus Christ. Now look at this, verse 9. For you are a chosen people. Now he's speaking to followers of Jesus here. You are a kingdom of priests, God's holy nation, his very own possession. And this is so you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Does that sound familiar to you? That's the same call to Israel on the mountain from God, and, and now it's given to followers of Jesus. You are a kingdom of priests. You are a holy nation. Every follower of Jesus is a priest. And this is often described as the priesthood of all believers. So in other words, we are all called to serve other people in Jesus' name, to be a people who declare God and represent him to the world around us. And so we approach God on behalf of others, and we approach others on behalf of God as his ambassadors for the purpose of revealing the goodness of God. We are consecrated, made holy, ordained, not by the blood of bulls or the baked cakes offered before God, but we are consecrated, we are commissioned, we are, are ordained as priests of God by the blood and body of Jesus and by our baptism. And Jesus, who sacrificed himself for us, made the way so that we might serve the world for his purposes and his glory. 
So for us today, remember, you, if you're a Christian, you are God's priest, called to be a part of God's purposes. What does that mean for us today? Here's some questions for us. How can you today approach God on behalf of others? How can you approach God on behalf of others? It might mean praying for someone in need. It might mean prayer for someone that they might experience a relationship with God. But what would it mean for you to approach God on behalf of others, to go to God for someone else today? And then how can you approach people around you on behalf of God? Maybe it's offering encouragement. Maybe it's sharing truth. Maybe it's sharing God's love in a tangible, practical way. Maybe it's being generous. But how can you approach people on behalf of God? As God's priest today, what is God saying to you? And will you say yes? Let's pray. Here we are, Lord. Send us. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day.